Welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaphorst. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And uh, for today's episode, Vinny and I are going to be breaking down the our predictions. We're going to go over who we predict will be on the final 53 roster. Uh, we'll also discuss briefly the preseason game, uh, hard knocks, and, and a little bit of NFL news that I think relates to the Cowboys. But um, as always, we'll start it off with a trivia question. And this week it is Vinny asking the question. So uh, Vinny, go right ahead. Okay. All right. So most Cowboys fans have heard the story about the Jimmy Johnson years when they lost to the, and I remember this game, they, they lost the game. I think it was kind of a meaningless game as far as the playoffs were concerned, but they lost in Washington to the Redskins, okay. you know, in a pretty, pretty painful way. I think they fumbled in the end zone. They did fumble in the end zone, as a matter of fact. And uh, it's true that, you know, Jimmy went nuts after on the airplane. He said he walked in the back where his players were and they were, quote, hooting and hollering, and he lost it. And he told the flight uh, attendants to not give his players any food. Um, he was furious. But there are two players that he picked out specifically in front of everybody to chew out. All right? So can you name Can you name them? I'm almost positive I can name one. Robert Jones? Okay, that's one. Okay. The second one, though... Uh... I know for sure it wasn't a star uh, because that was the, I forget where I heard this story, but it was, you know, Jimmy knew not to. Uh, so that, mm, let's say Leon Lett? Nope. Okay. okay. Um, he's somebody who was in the news recently. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. All right, he was a backup interior lineman. Tony Tolbert? No, he was a defensive lineman. Oh, offensive line. Ah, oh, man. Um, in the news recently, backup interior O-lineman. Yeah, I know the starters. I don't, I don't think I know any of the backups. I'm going to... I'm going to... Well, unless you have another hint, I think I'm probably ready to throw in the towel. All right. Frank Cornish. Okay, I've heard that name before. What was he in the news for? I, I did not hear that. You know, I don't even remember. I don't think it was anything good, though. Okay. Still, uh... Maybe you could look it up real quick. Yeah. Still hasn't gotten past the... the chewing out, and it's led him to a... Frank Cornish? Like, with a C? Yeah. 
C-O-R-N-I-S-H. So it looks like he died in 2008. 2008? Yeah. Yeah, in South Lake, name, Texas. Name just came up recently. Hmm. Uh, Frank Cornish. Maybe his dad, Frank Cornish Jr.? Because he's still alive. Um, I don't know. What did he die from? Interesting. I didn't uh, know what he died. I think heart disease. Is that what I read? Yeah, heart disease in his sleep. Yep. Wow. So, yeah. All that well, drugs. Bummer. Yeah, yeah. That group of guys. That'll, uh... So he was actually, he had two stints with the Cowboys, it looks like. Um, so that's interesting. Um, so before diving into specifically the, the Cowboys, um, I want to talk a little bit about the trade that the Philadelphia Eagles made for Gardner Minshew. So they traded a six-round pick for Gardner Minshew, and uh, it can be a fifth-round pick if if uh, he plays 50% of the snaps. Wow. Um, yeah, right. Really, uh, yeah, really makes a big difference. So, I mean... I'll say this. I, I don't think the Eagles are going to be very good this year. I, I think they're clearly the worst team in the division. But this is the second move they've made that I have been really impressed with. Uh, the other being Anthony Harris, who they signed for like $5 million a year, who has been one of the best safeties in the league over the last three years. Yeah. Um, I, I mean... I don't understand how the Jaguars didn't get more for for this guy. I mean, he's he's played for a historically bad team the last two years, and his touchdown interception ratio, which albeit not the best measurement of quarterback, in fact, it's one of the worst. But still, taking into account he's on such a bad team, it's like thirty-seven touchdowns to eleven interceptions, and and this is a guy that was either undrafted or drafted in like the seventh round like compare that to sam darnold who got traded for like a sec what two second round picks carson wentz coming off a far worse season than gardner Minshew's ever had getting multiple second round picks like that that's a and obviously the cowboys aren't the only team that could have traded for him but that kind of blew my mind and, and it goes to show you in my opinion, how how much NFL teams can be skewed by the high end and the potential of some of these guys, especially Sam Darnold. Because Carson Wentz, at least he actually has put together full seasons where he was good. Yeah. Sam Darnold really hasn't. He, he's got a few highlight plays, and he was, he was good in college, obviously, being the second overall pick. Um, I get you, Carson Wentz, also second overall pick. But, you know, for being on just as bad teams as Gardner Minshew, he never put up nearly as good stats as, as Gardner Minshew. And yet he got a lot more, um, he, you know, the, the Jets netted a lot more in a trade. So right. 
those are those are my thoughts. That that one was I was pretty taken back by that um, the terms of that deal, and you know goes without saying. I think we've we've talked about Gardner Minshew a few times. At least I have that he would be one of really two guys that I think. I, I thought at the time were, were readily available, even if they're not on the market now, but could be very easily acquired, who would be an unquestionable upgrade over the guys we have now. And, and it was him and Nick Foles being the other guy. Um, everyone else that's you know for sure available, you could make an argument, but not, not a clear cut um, upgrade in my opinion. So, so yeah, that that happened. Then um, you know we had preseason, and you know that was kind of a kind of a mess. But I will say this in regards to this specific preseason game, I think this was one of the more uh, unfair like matchups in terms of like us starting our twos and the Jaguars starting their ones kind of thing. Not not that we didn't completely shut down everyone but we they were definitely using it as much more of a tune-up game than we were i think um still you know that being said nobody really impressed me of that you know you you figure someone who's going to be a second second stringer most likely you know you take this opportunity to really show show up and show out to secure your spot or secure you know your chance at maybe being a starter and and really no one did um it was it was pretty bad game i mean garrett gilbert compared to cooper rush he looked a little better but he was also going against their twos whereas cooper rush was going against their ones i don't know how much you can how much stake you can put in that one um but yeah it was uh you know not a whole lot i have to say about the preseason game um or hard knocks for that matter. That there were a couple. I, I liked seeing Trayvon Diggs' kid. That was he's cute, but uh, that, that's about the only notable thing. Do, do you have any? I didn't watch this week's hard knocks. I was okay. so turned off by the first two. Yeah. Um, I probably will much. watch it tonight. Yeah, but um, I've been you know gearing up my fifty-three man roster. I think that it's pretty straightforward, uh, assuming they don't bring anybody else in. Right. they probably will hopefully they'll bring some other people in and yeah. you know i just wanted to talk a little bit once again about where they're hurting and the way that they've really backed themselves into a corner here yeah so and and i have my 53 i don't know if you counted this i counted maybe like five guys that were you know there's some question about maybe six, but, but for the most part, like 45 plus are set in stone. I feel like this is one of the more cut and dry, uh, you know, roster cut downs. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think, um, there's a few, few that you can debate about. And there's two in particular that I have kind of earmarked as, this would be a good place to get a replacement um, instead of the guy that I have. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is a pretty clear-cut 
break down, I think, for the most part. But, yeah, why don't you, you start off with that? What are your um, – I guess we'll start on the offensive side. What are your your guys on offense? Okay. Well, I think they're going to go too deep at running back. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. There's nobody else that deserves to be on this team. Uh, Rico Dado made a case for himself, but now he's on IR. Right. So that's that. Uh, quarterback, obviously, is Dak Prescott. It's going to be right. Gabriel Gilbert as the backup. Uh, he's the one that uh, has some has more experience. Did play well in at least one game for us last year against a tough defense, and uh, definitely outshone. Cooper Rush the other night. Uh, Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci, I think, are practice squad guys. And uh, I think the practice squad time is starting to run out on both of them, too. Okay. Um, uh, I don't mean in terms of their eligibility. I don't even know what that is. But I just think that, you know, it, 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 it's it's gotten to the point for both of them in their careers where it's pretty much put up or shut up. You know, you, you don't even deserve much of a practice squad spot anymore. Uh, but considering the practice squad has got so many people now, uh, I think 16, that you might as well stuff them on it. Yeah. God knows you don't have a lot of extraneous talent on this team. Yeah. So that's what I've got there. Wide receiver, I've got uh, all the usual suspects. Right. Cooper, Lamb, Gallup, Wilson, Noah Brown. I've got the, the rookie fifth rounder making it. Okay. Um, on potential. Uh, that one could – that's very debatable. Yeah. That could that's I guess the one part that's not cut and dried. Uh, Malik Turner has made a good case for it, but you know how teams love their draft picks, right? And fifth round isn't that's kind of like it's borderline. Yeah, yeah you know, and, uh, and Malik Turner's probably played better overall. Yeah, but uh, I think the the, the rookie uh, fifth rounder, and again, I, I'm not going to say any. I'm not going to say anybody's name except for Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox, because they're the only ones who've so far earned the right to have their names pronounced. Yeah. Uh, the other guys have not. Uh, the one guy that you like, the defensive tackle, he's coming close. Yeah. And I think the big guy is coming close, too. The big six-rounder yeah, is coming yeah. close. But I, I, I really like the linebackers. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's the one area that they definitely improved by bringing in two rookies and Keanu Neal. Yeah. So that's what I've got at tight end at wide receiver. At tight end, I've got Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz, and I, was, I had McKeon, but McKeon's hurt now. Um, I think they're going to put him on probably on temporary IR with you know, the possibility that he could come back because I think they like him a lot. Uh, but I've got Jeremy, Jeremy Sprinkle in there. Um, if he doesn't make it, I don't know who does. They've got a rookie named Eubanks, but he's been pretty, you know, un- unimpressive so far. I think he was okay the other night, but I-, I haven't really heard his name mentioned much. And I don't know if you want to keep a rookie, you know, uh, a nondescript rookie on there. You need somebody who's got some experience who can replace Blake Bell. Yeah. So that's who I've got at tight end. Uh, at at uh, offensive line... I've got Smith, Williams, Biotish, Martin, and Collins as my starters. Right. I've got uh, the uh, the tackle from uh, free agent tackle right. making the team um, something yeah. of a gift. Connor McGovern, um, the rookie, I think the seventh rounder, uh, has made it if by default only. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Knight, my two guys from last year, um, yeah. 
Brandon Knight, but I've heard that my man Terrence Steele has improved. So I got him, uh, I got Knight playing guard with the ability to play tackle. I've got Terrence yeah. Steele as my, as a backup uh, tackle there. Okay. That's my offense. And that's then my, line my three, right. Then my three specialists are, that's obvious, Sir right, Line, right. Anger, and McQuaid. Okay. So let me, I, I've got a couple different ones. Um, on offense. So I've got, uh, for quarterback, I've got Cooper Rush. And the reason being is I think the fact that he got the start this last game, and, and granted he did not play well, but he was going against the ones, I feel like his, their men, his mental processing, the fact that he doesn't have these kind of brain farts gives them a a little more confidence in him than Garrett Gilbert, even though Garrett Gilbert's clearly more talented, a better thrower of the football. But that was one position that I put as or replacement. I, I could see us getting going out and getting someone like Nick Foles, um, who I think would be better than either of them. So, oh, yeah. But I, I, could, to, I could see... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll, they'll, yeah. we'll save that discussion, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see either one of those. It, it's not going to be Ben DiNucci, that you can say for sure. Um, but, yeah, that was one I had different. The other one was running back. I had, and this was my other or replacement, I had Hardy, just because I think we will have a third running back. Um, but I could definitely see us bringing in a replacement, especially as the cuts happen uh, to be that third running back. I have seen, I, I looked at a couple other people's final 53s, and I did see a lot of people that had this, uh, the fullback Ralston making yeah. a team, which no. I don't no. know, I, I don't want that to happen, so that's definitely influencing my my thought process, because I, you know, I feel about fullbacks, but um, that, I, you know, it wouldn't shock me knowing how we are but um but yeah that was one that I had different oh I guess tight end I did I, I am under the assumption because I remember the the injury to Sean McKeon but I haven't really heard anything since so I assumed he was better if he's yeah. not better than then I agree it'll it'll be sprinkles the third guy uh but if he is healthy then I think it'll just be him right. along with Jarwin he, Schultz. McKean's got a high ankle sprain. He's not going to be back. He's not going to be back that soon. Yeah. All right. So uh, then at receiver, I actually I did have Malik Turner over the fifth round rookie. Um, okay. I could see it going either way. I, I th the, the rookie hasn't done poorly. I think, and I think he's. It seems like he's done a little better as preseason went on. But Malik Turner. A lot of hype in training camp, and he did show up in in uh, in the game. So I feel like either way, I, I doubt we're going to see seven receivers. But I think either one of those guys, we're going to try hard to keep on the practice squad because both of yeah, them have I agree. have talent and and ability. Um, I think that's the hardest decision. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely one of the the tougher ones. Um, I think I had the exact same interior offensive lineman. I, I picked Matt Far Farniak as well, the seventh, seventh round rookie, um, which I thought would be, I'm surprised you picked him as well. But yeah, he, he's done all right as a center. And 
obviously Wait, Connor won. Williams, yeah, he's proven not to be a good center. So, yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. But I do consider him the, the two – well, there's one other that I'll get to next. The two guys that I put as, like, borderline making the team were Hardy, the running back, and Matt Farniak. And then the last thing, I had the same set of offensive tackles – um, with but I, I added Josh Ball, um, who is another guy that I put as borderline, but I, I don't think you had him making the team. He's hurt, though. I heard he's going on IR. He's hurt, but I've, I've seen him in practice on, yeah. on hard knocks. Um, so, but yeah, I guess he's another one kind of like McKeon. If, if he's hurt, obviously he won't, but he was drafted, what, in the fourth round, I think, which is another kind of borderline pick. Wait, wait, who's this we're talking about? Uh, offensive tackle, rookie offense. Maybe I'm... Mixing oh, yeah, Josh Ball was fourth round. Josh Ball, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was fourth round. Um, but, yeah, I think if he's healthy, he makes he makes the team. Um, so, yeah, that's my, my... I've got 24 guys for my final 20... Final roster on offense and then yeah obviously the special teams guys are pretty cut and dry um so what about your what are your uh defensive picks well my defensive i got six defensive ends i got okay. lawrence gregory uh gradually I, I i haven't seen anything out of this guy but i think they're going to keep Terrell basham uh, Dorrance yep. Armstrong, one of our personal favorites, somebody we'd love to have on the show, um, and uh, Rondell Carter and Bradley Adai. And then on okay. the inside, uh, I think they're going to put Gallon Moore. I don't know if they can, but I think you know, I, if they can, I think they'll put him on temporary IR, depending upon mm-hmm. what the minimum amount of time to stay on that is. So that, that one's a little bit foggy to me, but he'll either make the roster or he'll be on temporary IR. Uh, Urban... Um, the third rounder out of a defensive tackle, the sixth round defensive tackle, and your good friend Carlos Watkins is making it by default. Yeah. And at linebacker, I've got the standard five: um, yeah. Parsons, Neal, Van Der Esch, um, Jalen Smith, and uh, Jabril Cox. Yeah. Um, I think Luke Gifford is a good candidate for the practice squad again. Agreed. And with all the nickel that's being played, uh, I don't see where you need to keep more than five linebackers anymore. Um, at defensive back, I've got him keeping uh, seven corners. Um, okay. And wrote down the wrong name here. Uh, Diggs, Brown. Lewis, Kennedy, Wright, oh, well, the second round, the third <laughs> rounder, and the second rounder. I'm sorry, I, was, I said his name. Yep. And then the, the guy without a position, CJ Goodwin, who better okay. really fly around on special about. teams if he wants to stick around because I hate it when guys don't have positions. And then in the uh, at safety, I've got him keeping uh, Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, Curse, Casey, who I think will probably play a lot, and I, I, the sixth round rookie. I think has earned a spot yeah. on this team. Yep. I'm just ha- I'm happy that the guys that I when they made this draft, the guy I, I liked two guys, the linebackers. Right. And they've both made strong, very strong cases to be 
contributors this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there are three other guys who I thought were pretty good values, and I, I'm glad to say that they have shown to be that way. One was the safety. Yeah. One was the big defensive tackle. Uh, well, the other guy did. He hasn't shown it. The uh, the big the, the fifth round wideout. He hasn't shown mm. um, a lot, but he was the other guy that I thought was a good value. Yeah. Um, but the guy that's impressed me, that's better than I thought he was going to be, is the third round defensive tackle. Yeah. All right. Well, that comes to fifty three. Um, but I guess I think they're going to have fifty five and draw two guys from the practice squad each week. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So mine are. I think I've got the exact same linebackers, exact same safeties, which another. The six-round safety, that was another one that I was feeling like was kind of a homer pick, but I'm glad you... Because he's, he's played... I thought think he's played pretty well in, in the preseason. Um, and honestly, I might, I might even take him over Curse. I think Curse's value is special teams. Um, we can go over after this, like, what we would do versus what we think the team would do. But, um, but yeah, those are, I think identical linebackers and safeties for defensive end i have the same guys except for uh rondell carter i do not have him but um i'm also factoring in uh gallimore so if you take off gallimore then i think either you pick up another defensive end or maybe another defensive tackle which i could see hamilton Justin Hamilton being the guy. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think I have the same defensive tackles. My guy, Odigizua, Urban, uh, six round defensive tackle, and my guy, Carlos Watkins. Um, then at cornerback, I think I've got the same, same guys as you, except no CJ Goodwin. Um, which again, I think that that probably ends up being more of a homer pick than reality. I, I think we probably will keep him. I just couldn't find a roster spot, and I don't value special teams that much. I, I'd rather have like Mel, the sixth round rookie who, or yeah, I'd, I'd rather have the sixth round rookie who can probably play actual like defensive football at an okay level than Goodwin or Curse, who haven't shown that, but are probably going to be good special teams guys. Yeah, um, yeah I, I put Goodwin on there grudgingly. I really, yeah. you know, um, well, actually, I shouldn't give this away because I might make this a trivia. No, I'm going to make it a trivia question in the future. Okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess what... Or are there any guys besides Goodwin? Are there any other guys that you put that you are like begrudgingly putting, and that if you were in charge, you would not have on the fifty-three? Well, let me say this. Yeah. Let me make it into a broader question. Okay. Um, I've been saying for a long time that this team needs some some more players it needs talent influx it needs yeah. to look at this as being the final wave of uh free agency 
and I hope to God that they take it seriously and that the talent is out there. Because, yeah, I mean, backup quarterback. They need a they need somebody better than Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. Yeah. Okay. They definitely do. There's no doubt. Cornerback. They need somebody better than Anthony Brown as their starter. Okay. That needs to be addressed. Defensive tackle. I think that that's a big question mark. You know, that's kind of putting it kindly. It's a big question mark. And then also, defense backup defensive end. I think there those are four positions that they really need to keep their eyes open for. I'm not really worried about the backup offensive linemen like some people are, but I am really worried about these four positions. And so I don't see. So if they brought in say a backup defensive tackle, now this more directly answers your question. If they brought in a backup defensive tackle, defensive end, I'm sorry then I would say goodbye to Terrell Basham because I don't see where he's done anything to make this roster. You know, either yeah. Basham or Armstrong. Yeah. Um, I don't see where they've, they've – I haven't heard anything out of Terrell Basham. Yeah. Uh, if they you know, bring in a quarterback, obviously whoever becomes the back quarterback will be put maybe to the practice squad. Um, defensive tackle needs to be addressed, and maybe the casualty there will be Carlos Watkins. Yes. Okay. Uh, cornerback. Well, if they bring in a cornerback, then I think Goodwin has to go. Right. You know, according to, to my roster. But they've just done. You know, they're they're. We said this months ago. We said there shouldn't even be a competition in camp for these spots with the existing players because nobody is going to step up and do it. I've said that since the end of last season. Okay. I've said that they've got holes at these spots, and then the draft did nothing to change my mind, okay? And they just went in there, as they always do, full of themselves. I don't know how you stay full of yourselves with the amount of playoff impotence they've had. Yeah. Four wins in 25 years. The Buccaneers won four games last year. Right. Postseason games. Yeah. Okay? With a new quarterback who's 40 who's 500 years old, okay? It's pathetic how, you know, I just, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. It's just, it's a power trip by the Jones family. They just, they can do it, so they do it. And I have to question how much, I, you know, I think they want to win, but they're, I think they more, more so what they want to do is massage their egos and have power. Yeah. And control. And listening to Shannon Sharp the other night, he was saying that the amount of control that Jerry Jones, the GM, wields is more so than people even think. He decides who plays, he decides how much people play. All right. And so the Mike, the, the coach is sort of a figurehead. Yeah. And it, it, he's he's just a clown. He's the biggest clown in pro sports. He's 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 got so much money to throw around he gets so much attention so much hype that for him to do as poorly as he has done is an incredible embarrassment yeah all right even we i knew i never even played football i never played organized football even i knew months ago that they could have all the competitions they want amongst these guys and they were still going to come up they were, we're not going to find answers. And they have not found the answer at quarterback. They have not found an answer at cornerback. I doubt they found an answer at defensive tackle or backup defensive end. 
All right? Nobody's sitting here saying, oh, well, this uh, third-round rookie, he's really impressed us. He's, he's going to be a heck of a starter. Nobody's saying that. It's actually it's pretty interesting how low-key things are about these positions. Right. If you go on the website, even Mickey Spagnola is pretty low-key about these guys. So that tells me that Dallas Brass knows that it's in trouble and is going to at least try to make a move. It might be too late to make a move. Well, I, I think it uh, of the the things you laid out, there's a different there, there's a wide range of like what I think is realistic. I, I don't think with Richard Sherman, you know, out for the foreseeable future, I don't think there's a clear upgrade at cornerback on, on the no, free agent market. No. And you know, we'll we'll see with the final cuts, but I'm guessing there's not going to be even with final cuts. At, at least someone that's a clear cut upgrade. Um I'd be right. I, I think you know, I've, I've said this earlier, I think Nick Foles is the one guy I can realistically see being a clear-cut upgrade at quarterback, but that's about it. Um, then I, I do think it, it should be pretty easy to find a running back who is better or more proven than Hardy. Um, and I think there—I I said this at the minute we signed this guy— I think at any time you can find a better player at defensive tackle than Carlos Watkins. So I think absolutely you can replace him after all, all cuts have been made with someone who offers you know, some upside, you know, more than just a career of total mediocrity. Right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, offensive line, I think... That's interesting. There, there are that is a position I think that teams, like I was talking about with quarterback and and the kind of pedigree. I think teams can undervalue or overvalue offensive linemen based on their on a couple things where they were drafted and also how many games they've played, regardless of whether they played like total garbage or not. Teams look into that a lot, and I'm not. I can't say I've, I've looked too deeply into it, but I think you probably could upgrade the backup offensive lineman if you wanted to, but I feel all right about it right now. Um, why did, when free agency began, why did they go out and get one of those talented corners? You, you got me. I, I don't well, have they to go for that answer. much. You named guys. You named guys who didn't Jason go for that Verrett. much. Jason Verrett. Jason Verrett, yeah. Yeah, but uh, several guys, and um, instead you're going to start two two nondescript rookie cornerback. You got you, you know you're talking about right. a guy Anthony Brown who's never proven to be anything more than a decent cornerback. Right. Decent, okay. And that was his and, rookie year. It's it's been he's far removed from even being that. He, he's been just worse, mediocre. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's that that compliments my argument even more yeah the two nondescript rookies what did he you know neither of those guys had what you would call standout college careers to no. say joseph joseph uh, i'm sorry the second rounder was very checkered uh, he had some good moments but he also he also had a lot of 
a lot of things he's got to answer for. Right. right? The other guy, the third rounder, I keep saying their names by accident. He could have, you could have gotten him probably as a free agent. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And they have just not shown it. Right. They have not shown that they could be starters in this league. And we know Anthony Brown. We're not expecting a lot of Anthony Brown. We're hoping and praying that Trey Diggs can build on what he started last year. Yep. Right. But we're going in there on a wing and a prayer in the secondary when, in fact, we didn't have that. When free agency began, there were good deals to be had. It was not – you weren't going to get raped, okay? And Dallas sat back and did nothing. Yep. Did you hear the um, – this is a little off top, but going on to what you were saying about Jerry Jones, did you see the, um, the article – I think it was in The Athletic – about – um, NFL uh, NFL agents giving their opinion yeah. of, of Jerry Jones. Yeah. I, I thought that was very telling because you know none of them had anything good to say. And you know, not that this is breaking news, but you know, it, it really you could tell by their responses whether they were really more focused on you know the the business side or the you know actual product on the field side because a lot of them were you know super positive about him like you know he he creates a great brand everyone knows jerry jones and obviously they don't care at all about the product on the field but you know they respect his money making ability and then there are other there are a few that that kind of pointed out both sides of it um, like this the, the first comment is the best ownership group in sports worst head coach in sports and that begins and ends with mismanagement talks begins with who they hired as the head coach um, and then they talk about the facilities being nice yada yada so uh, but yeah no one's mistaking Jerry Jones the Cowboys as I mean I, I think in maybe a couple years ago, maybe like that little window from 2014 to 2016 when we were drafting, you know, good offensive linemen and, and just drafting pretty well in general, there, there started to be some, some feelings of, hey, maybe they've figured it, this, this out as a, as a management group. But at this point, I don't think there's a lot of people out there. I, I think the that group that thinks you know we've got this handled we were our management and uh you know decision making as a front office is is still upper echelon i think that's very much a minority um at this point um and or it's nobody yeah you well, underestimate you got, well, cowboys you got, well, fans. You actually got, you got the yahoo <laughs> yeah fans, exactly right dallas has as an inordinate Never. share of Yahooing fans, and they've been Jerry Jones enablers. He's taken of advantage of the fact that he's got the dumbest fan base in all of professional sports. Right. Period. Philly has the most obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, if, if there were fans that stood by us in the, the early two thousands, I think you know we're better off than we were then. Now, but but yeah, I mean, it's. There's always going to be a ceiling, and I, I think Hard Knocks has, has done a pretty good job of capturing the 
you know, the vibe of, of the coaches. And it, and it seems like, I, I don't know if I would put Mike McCarthy quite on Jeff Fisher's level. I, I do remember pretty vividly watching Hard Knocks, Jeff Fisher's last year in, I think it was still St. Louis. Yeah. Um, and, and he was saying like the right things. He was like, we're not a five, he like kicked someone off the team and he was like, that's, 500 football we're not a 500 t but like you could tell there's just nothing behind it like he was i don't know how, how else to put it but he he just seemed like he had lost the team and like he didn't give a shit and that team was worse than 500 they went four and 12 i think mike, mike, and, mike mccarthy doesn't say anything of some of real substance or use right i mean he's a He's a figurehead like Jason Garrett. I mean, I, th I think there's some things he does better than Garrett. I, I think he is a little more aggressive in his play calling and, and skews more to the pass, which I like. But overall, I can't say there, it's a huge difference in, in the overall picture of Mike McCarthy as a coach versus Jason Garrett as a coach. And, and there's nothing I've seen in hard knocks to make me think otherwise um in fact i've said this before I, i've been more impressed with dan quinn than anyone although I, I if if you told me well mike mccarthy what if he has a bad year and our defense does all right i, I don't know if i would want dan quinn as a head coach though i i think if he does well that proves that gives you two data points to prove that he's a good defensive coordinator but still nothing in the head coach bucket. I, I would, if that happened, which that seems like a pretty unlikely scenario that we, our defense is semi-competent and we don't do well enough to keep Mike, Mike McCarthy around. But if it did happen, I would much rather keep Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator, keep Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator, and then bring in a better head coach. Um, or, you know, if Kellen Moore does bad, I, I'm not opposed to getting rid of him. But, but yeah, I, I think our, you know, it, it comes from, from the top. And I think even in the best case scenario, I, I don't see our coaching in the playoffs being anything but a limiting factor. I, I think if our, our only chance to have a really deep run is to just so be so far better and, and outplay the opposition that it makes up for our deficiency at coaching which was kind of always the deal with Jason Garrett like there was you know the two playoff wins we had with Jason Garrett were closer than they should have been and I think in both cases it was because of is because we were clearly the better team but his coaching may put us at a disadvantage to where it ended up being a close game. That that's my read of it, at least. And then when we went up again, and then he went up against Mike McCarthy, ironically, and that was the game he lost. Which I, which I think we were the better team than the Packers that year. I, I will always believe that. And then the the, the Rams, they, that was just a far better coached team. Sean McVay versus Jason Garrett. Um, I mean that's a as big of a coaching mismatch as you'll as you'll see. So 
yeah, I, I think, you know, tying it together, I, I think we're definitely good enough and our coaching is capable of winning the division and making the playoffs. But I think you got to wonder, is, is that in the long run a bad thing if it keeps Mike McCarthy around? instead of blowing the whole thing up and, and going for really going for it at the coaching position that we haven't done since really Bill Parcells. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't know, but, um, no, I mean, Sorry, I'm just my throat is killing me. Um, that yeah, no, they they're not going to win with Jerry Coach. Jerry Jones is the GM and, and as the uh, coach, and as the head cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing. He he loves to and he and he's good at spinning it to make it seem like he's changed. But that's you know, that's just his thing. He's he's much better at you know selling the fan base than actually doing anything of of substance and and of actual change to to put us in a in a good spot to win a super bowl and you know i could i could see a scenario where you know dak is actually because i i i am impressed with dak i i gotta say i i i think his mental side of it is is top notch and he's got you know the prerequisite and he's got the prerequisite talent and i could see a scenario where he becomes like an elite quarterback and even still our offenses or our, our team our coaching is is holding him back and you know that would be that would be a shame because I think we have the talent to compete for a Super Bowl if we get elite play out of the quarterback and and really that's that's the biggest thing in in today's NFL in, in my opinion is if you've got a elite quarterback you should be competing every year for a championship you you know especially if you've got that and a and a great coach that put pretty much. We've seen that with New England. We've seen that now with Kansas City. That pretty much puts you in the running for a Super Bowl every year if you've got those two things. And then you're, you know, obviously the rest, it's not just those two things, but, um, you know, having a balanced roster as well. But, the, you know, those are kind of the the keys, and, and it seems like every, every year that position becomes more and more impactful so yeah we'll uh we'll see but we've got uh one more episode after after tonight's before the uh regular season against uh tampa bay so we'll definitely uh talk a lot more about that particular matchup uh next week but um but yeah, I think that'll that'll do it for tonight. Thanks all for for tuning in, and um, yeah, until until next time, we'll uh, 
let you go on another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shaq.